last time on Inside the Box. No, let me tell you something, Mr. Stivic. You are a meathead. <laughs> Standard networks really don't have the guts to ever try to really go back into that territory of an Archie Bunker. Well, man, we done found us a genuine liberal and an honest to God bigot. Unfortunately, Adam, uh, Adam, <laughs> I am really sick. Uh, but but this was not going to be the innocuous humor that you would find in the Green Acres or you know Mayberry RFD or one of those shows. In seventies, eighties, Artie's are Artie's. Oh boy, I've got Adams and Artie's. I've got everybody but who I'm supposed to be talking about. No, he was. Yes, he was. He Your was. father was wrong. Sir? Your father was wrong! In part two of this episode, we'll be looking at the contemporary television landscape in which situation comedies are tackling political issues today. We'll also take a look at the Seinfeldian legacy of All in the Family that, that not too many people think about. We will also hear from Rob Reiner as he recently made comments about the correlations between President Trump and Archie Bunker. And we'll actually hear from uh, Carol O'Connor himself in a rare recording where he performs the lyrics that he wrote to the closing theme of All in the Family. Now hold it, Lionel, hold it. I think I know what you're getting at there. Now that ain't exactly fair. We all know there's a couple of cops on the tank. You don't want to go blaming the whole police department for a couple of rotten apples. Oh, so so what you're saying is don't condemn a whole group of people for the actions of a few. That's right, Lionel. You got to remember that. Oh, I will. I will, Mr. The following program is brought to you in living color. As early as 1923, David Sarnoff recognized the possibility of developing a television system. This is the dimension of imagination. Oh, yeah! Now I remember! It's Inside the Box, the TV history podcast. Hello, and welcome to Inside the Box, the TV history podcast. I'm Steve Voorhees, and today joining me is Jonathan Bullinger. Jonathan, how are you, sir? It's good to be here. Today, what we're going to be doing is continuing our discussion of All in the Family. From where we left off last time, uh, we had gone through the series, and if you listened to that first episode, I, I think we gave you a pretty good background on the characters, where they're coming from, and some of the issues uh, that were being tackled, not, not only within the content of the show, but also from the network's perspective. And in fact, when we left off, Jonathan had uh, made the comment that um, would an on family work today? Would, would the network have the guts to put on an, uh, an Archie Bunker character in broadcast prime time? In some ways, format has, has surpassed an Archie Bunker and all in the family in that we see everything we want to see, uh, warts and all, with people just putting themselves on camera for whatever reward they perceive to be able to gain. The other, of course, is the higher quality of television that's more like film these days, where we get into these bigger questions of morality, of what is life. I have my students constantly, and I'm a little behind on some of these shows, but they constantly, I'll, I'll mention certain concepts I've, I've talked about with them about uh, life and death and AI, and they'll say, Black Mirror is talking exactly about that. They had a whole episode about it where we'll talk about what is what is life, what is not. Um, you know, people will say, oh, watch Westworld, you know, the new Westworld, much better than the original James Brolin uh, movie. I disagree. It has a charm <laughs> from uh, and Yul Brenner. But um, so in certain ways, I feel like we've surpassed it. But then in other ways, I feel like um, standard networks really don't have the guts to ever try to really go back into that territory of an Archie Bunker. Archie Bunker is one of the first characters 
in the broadcast network primetime era that was a true anti-hero. Not only for the flaws that the character possesses, but because of the racially offensive language. I mean, you talk about guts. CBS is putting on content in primetime in the 1970s that they couldn't do today. I do not think that any of the broadcast networks, especially with the cable landscape and there's more platforms to, 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 um, to, to do more risque type of content, that I just can't imagine a broadcast network putting a show on like All in the Family today w- with, that, with that language. While the Estradas are thinking it over, you and Henry are trying to find somebody else to buy the house. You don't call that crooked? No! That's looking off for number one. Where does that place Henry Jefferson? He's number two. <laughs> Why is he number two? Because, meathead, there can only be one number one and one number two. And life made Jefferson number two long before I come along. So I suppose that the Puerto Ricans are number three, then, hmm? Well, no, not necessarily there, little girl. Your Puerto Ricans could be four. Your Japs and your chins could be three. Three A, three B. When you talk about guts for a broadcast network, um, I, I really think that, um, you know, what All in the Family brought in, in just the rawness of the language, uh, you will not see that um, anywhere else. So by, by anti-hero, though, what I'm talking about is a character that um, doesn't possess a lot of perfect qualities. I, I think back when you think of crime fighters and some of the, the shows of the 60s and 70s, the, uh, the protagonists are very upstanding people. I mean, they're, they are model citizens, if you will, almost, almost perfect um, people that, that we wouldn't even necessarily know in real life. Um, but an anti-hero uh, has a lot of flaws, um, is not a generally nice or good person, not doing a lot of good in society. But has redeeming qualities, and I think for the Archie Bunker character, um, his redeeming quality is that he has raised a family. Um, he's married Edith Bunker, and I, I think many would agree that, that Edith is a saint in some cases. And so sometimes uh, you you look at the family and the daughter that that he is raising, and um, you, you see the love he does show love to his family at times. Um, but at the same time, he just is um, cut from a different cloth than most TV characters are, even by today's standards and that um and that kind of pulls on the audience uh, that you you don't necessarily want to root for Archie necessarily but you know when the guy's down and he's being kicked you feel for him a little bit because he's imperfect are you going to use those crib notes on your exam well, certainly i'm going to use them i'm going to have them right here in his pocket in case i need them daddy that's cheating what do you mean cheating that ain't che- cheating is when you're supposed to give something to somebody else and you don't give it that's cheating I me, mean, I'm taking a test. I'm supposed to give him the right answers. That's what I'm going to give him. Right? You're not being honest with yourself. I certainly am, little girl. I sat down. I asked myself a question. I said, can you pass this history exam without that little piece of paper? And I gave myself an honest answer. No, you but then you realize that he creates a, he's a product of his environment. He creates a lot of the mishaps which, that he falls into. Two things, which one, of course, he wouldn't uh, adhere to that principle that he could be a product of his environment, right? He thinks, 
Well, you just do what you do, right? right. You're just married, right? Which is uh, Mike, the son-in-law's sociological background, is it's all about environment, right? Which is nurture versus nature, all that stuff. Right. Second thing I just want to mention just real quick, just in case any of our listeners are getting the wrong impression. Level of education is wonderful. I get that. But we also have to remember that just because you have education doesn't mean you necessarily are a moral person. So... Archie Bunker could have a 10th grade education, but he could still be more moral uh, than a person who has uh, three PhDs and, a, and an EDD and, and whatever, right? So just just a, just a minor yeah, point that, there. The, the reason I bring that up, and that's, I'm, glad you, um, I'm glad you teased that out, but the, the reason why education is so important to all in the family, and, and this is a credit to Carol O'Connor's acting, is because the Archie Bunker character mispronounces so many words through the series that it's a punchline. It is part of the comedy. Uh, I don't know if it's the charm necessarily, but there's something that is definitely about the um, about the malapropisms that, um, that he spouts. So you're saying you'd rather be operated on by a doddering old man than an efficient young woman? That is right, little girl, because a woman's doctor's only good for women's problems, like your gynecology there. <laughs> I do think it's a commentary on that he he never got to a very high education level, was not an avid reader, and I think that does play a part in how he's misguided at how he sees society oh, at times. Sure. So it's not, uh, you know, again, it's nothing to do with the morals necessarily, but I think it's important in the context of the decisions that he makes. And I also believe that he, he's not a product of a diverse environment. And so going back to your yes. situation where you said the network had guts, if you look at especially the first season and a half, two seasons of All in the Family, there are so many racial slurs put into this episode that I, I think I was maybe 13 when I started watching All in the Family in the 90s. I can't believe my parents were letting me watch this show because now as a parent, I don't want my children watching this show because... To pick up the slurs. As you're a youth, how do you know? You know, some right. of these things he is saying... I don't know if I knew some of those words when I was watching that as a kid, right? And so it's um, you have to be careful because no network's going to do that today. I mean, these are words that I think HBO would have to think about right. whether or not we want to put this in the script because it's a white man saying it. That is right. powerful. It is very powerful so, language on CBS in prime time, mind you. I mean, right. think about that. His pal Roger is as queer as a $4 bill, and he knows it. <laughs> that's not only cruel, Daddy. That's an outright lie. You know something, Archie? Just because a guy is sensitive and, and, and he's an intellectual and he wears glasses, you make him out of queer. I never said a guy who wears glasses is a queer. A guy who wears glasses is a four-eyes. A guy who is a fag is a queer. <laughs> So this is, again, the idea of who's watching to get the joke versus who's watching to not quite get the joke. And I compare this to what um, one of the reasons that Dave Chappelle gave for when he left his successful show, which I know it sounds crazy, but that's now ripe for this podcast because it is history. It's actually been like something like 12 years or something since yeah. Dave's off. But he basically said, like, you would he'd be standing in the on set. He'd be in the middle of a sketch. You know, they're filming, they're running or whatever. And there'd be, you know, as they got more and more successful, more network guys and more hangers on people would sort of be at the set to see what's up. And he'd be like, they're laughing at this, but they're not laughing at this in like the right way. And so it, to me, it's the same thing, right? Which is, is, is today we're appalled by the slurs that uh, Archie Bunker is sort of throwing, throwing around. But I'm sure it was allowed to play, especially if the ratings were good, because there were some people who were sort of nodding, not laughing at it and his ignorance, but going secretly like, yeah, 
He's right. Yeah, right. And that's the scary, you know, right. that's sort of the scary part of it. We transition out of the 70s, as we said. Uh, they retooled the show. It became Archie Bunker's Place. And I believe Archie Bunker's Place ran to, I want to say, like 82 or 83, something like that. I want to say it was four seasons, so four probably se- May of 83 was probably it. Okay. So... Basically, uh, Archie Bunker, as this character that's so associated with the 70s, goes away by the early 80s. Uh, Carol O'Connor, of course, though, is so lauded for you know his portrayal that he gets a, a nice meaty role on the TV version of uh, In the Heat of the Night um, in, I believe, the mid to late 80s. And, you know, his acting reputation is, is secure. Um, and there's definitely, I'm sure there's been some other attempts, but the only one that uh, stands out to me... Not from a character perspective, because he certainly was not bigoted like Archie Bunker, but from a sort of a live sitcom uh, perspective about a real family dealing with real issues that were happening within the culture would, I believe, be the early 90s uh, Fox sitcom Rock, which I believe went for three seasons. And that was somewhat famously, although it didn't get high ratings overall, it actually had a pretty high rating amongst predominantly African-American demographic. Um, But their second season was basically all live episodes. Um, taped uh, on tape live and basically the 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 sort of mythology or rumor around it is that the actors who had all had a lot of stage experience beforehand were also good at performing live that uh, audiences didn't always realize that it was it was being done live uh, that was how on their marks they were so um, so we have a, a show like that and now we fast forward to today, which is, you know, um, early 20, 21st century, though not quite as early as it's been. And we're in this whole new era now where we're we're still having sitcoms, um, uh, still a bit cookie cutter. Uh, you know, I, my theory, of course, and I don't think it's, it's that mind-blowing of theory, but Modern Family was such a success for ABC that they said, great, let's, at least through the marketing, let's basically do the same cookie cutter sort of marketing. Whatever type of kid worked on Modern Family, let's have that version on whatever show we're doing. So the ones at least that I can think of is we have the 80s nostalgia version of Modern Family, which I think is the Goldbergs. We have the Catholic guilt coming out sitcom, which is the real O'Neills. Then we have the, um, Let's have sort of a, a second prop, possibly to Cosby. Let's have the second really prominent major network African American family sitcom, Blackish. And then we have, for the first time that I can think of, in a major network, and it's sad to say that this is the only one I can think of since um, uh, American Girl, starring. Uh, uh, you know the comedian, I uh, uh, can't think of her name right now, uh, back in the early 90s, but now we have Fresh Off the Boat. And I watch both Blackish and Fresh Off the Boat. I really like them. Kind of can't stand the kid actors, to be honest with you. Not their fault. They're, just, they're too cookie cutter. They're just like the modern family ones. But um, but the parents are, are, are just solid. And so I think, I mean, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, but I think we want to talk a little bit about sort of where Archie Bunker, at least the spaces Archie Bunker used to inhabit, where yeah. they sort of come through today, and then we'll connect it up well, with the the present. Well, I, I do want to just jump back to the yeah. 80s real quick, because very few You're sitcoms... You're not going to talk about Alf, are you? No, no okay, I'm not talking about you. Alf. Okay. Very, <laughs> say that for another podcast. Okay. Very few sitcoms, I think, actually mention the sitting president's name, because you're immediately dating the episode, right? You're dating the series. 
in the 80s, you had family ties. And, and uh, Alex P. Keaton, Michael J. Fox's character, he's really into Reagan. Well, because he's a young Republican. He's a young he's Republican, but very yeah. different from Archie Bunker, right? Either you got that bank job or Richard Nixon has re-entered politics. <laughs> I got the job. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> it's great, Alex. Now you can balance my checkbook. Valerie, I'm a banker. I'm not a magician. Well, exactly what kind of work are you going to be doing down there? Everything, Mom. Everything. Ms. Ryan was really impressed with me. She's having me cross-trained in every facet of the operation. Ms. Ryan? Yeah, my boss. Your boss is a woman. I know what you're thinking, and you're wrong. Having a woman for a boss is not going to be a problem for me. Do you want Jennifer and me to boss you around a little to get you used to it? I'll call you if I need you. Come on, Alex. I'm a little disappointed. I thought you'd be a little more upset to find out your boss is a woman. No, Mom. You do me a grave injustice. Alex B. Keaton welcomes a woman as a boss. Especially a cute little tomato like that Miss Ryan. Come on. I I've waited your whole life for this. Make me happy. Tell your mom it's killing you. Well, it's gonna be a piece of cake. Look, I'm gonna help Ms. Ryan out. I'm gonna guide her through the complex world of high finance. I mean, I'll throw in a few sensitive comments every now and then. By the end of the week, I'm gonna be running the bank. Ms. Ryan is gonna be running the vacuum cleaner. College educated, very pro-capitalist, you know, yep. plays the stock market. His parents are liberal, right? The yeah. parents are, are, it's almost a no, flip-flop yeah. flip role of all in the family. But the parents are so laid back. They let their son do their thing. It's not argumentative. But you do see a lot of the um, neoliberal policies sort of oh, coming yeah. out in that Michael J. Fox character, right? But it's very subtle. I say All in the Family is much more preachy and argumentative. Family Ties is much more subtle in the way that they say, look, here's the Republican view, here's the liberal view, but they don't go head-to-head -head much. Right, or, or we'll at least say on the surface it feels like the Family Ties family genuinely loves each other more openly than the family we're seeing in All in the Family. I mean, I think we we know they love each other, but that's not where they're leading. You know, whereas right. whereas Family Ties, it's all love, all laughter, and 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 uh, uh, Michael J. Fox is basically the third parent in that, in yeah. that household. Right, yeah. and the parents will roll his eyes at, at him at times. It's, so it's right. not so much preachy, and I'm going to teach you a lesson, but you kind of get the idea of when um, you know when the values are agreeing with you or not. Right, they let the viewer kind of decide on that. I can't remember a sitcom in the 90s that had mentioned a sitting president such as Bush or Clinton. But as you now fast forward to today, um, Blackish certainly tackled the Trump election um, right in November yes. after he's elected. Blackish does an episode about the day after the election and the hangover that this African-American family is having and the way the kids are, um, you know, are, are reflecting on the election in their school the way the parents are reflecting on the election in a lifetime. Wednesday from the three-time Golden Globe nominee. Go Hillary! Yeah, I, I know. It's the election through the eyes of Blackish. I voted for Trump. Oh, oh, oh they'll be tweeting about this one. I'm a racist. Yeah. Just don't say it. I have black friends. An episode only Blackish dares to bring you. Can't let that turn you into another angry black man. That's what I am. Hell, so's your daddy, especially when he's hungry. New Blackish Wednesday on ABC. I think that's what Blackish was. The producers were feeling, which was, 
this is a discussion we have to have. And now I'm not a parent myself, so I don't know if all these notes on various issues, things of like how to talk to your child about. I don't know if any of that's really real or needed or whatever. My point is, is I bet you the producers are blackish. Like we got to say something mostly because what other show is that high profile with that quality of cast, predominantly African-American, if not all African-American on a major network, literally the Disney network, um, you know, to say something. So, so I, 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 I think they, they had to, now we also have, and and if if I'm going too far ahead, Steve, stop me. But you know what we also have here is this sort of idea that because um, we've talked about in other episodes, if you've been listening, we're talking about how they're redoing MacGyver, they want to redo, well, they they redid Hawaii Five O, they want to redo everything that has some sort of name recognition, either in movie or, or or television show form. Well, now the most recent thing is they're thinking about maybe we're, maybe it's time to redo All in the Family, and but, that, but not re. Well, oh, I'm I, sorry, go specify. I mean. When we, here's the difference, and I, I, I just want to make sure this is clear in the beginning. Redoing or rebooting Hawaii Five-0 or rebooting MacGyver, there are new scripts that are being written. Like once in a while, Hawaii Five-0 did a stunt where they actually redid an original Hawaii Five-0 script almost word for word, but even then it was different. I mean, they okay. definitely changed the language. What Norman Lear is proposing is that they take six, half a dozen great All in the Family episodes and just re-record them using the same scripts that they used mm. back in the 70s. I don't know if they would change the president's name or yeah, whatnot, yeah, yeah. but I'm going to guess that a lot of those issues that they talked about in the 70s, all you have to do is is change the name of the president and you would get an exact, almost <sighs> like contemporary episode yeah. today without having to change much of the language because I think one thing that's comforting, regardless of where you fall on the political scale, is that so much is repeating itself. Right. So many of the issues when Archie Bunker is sitting there in the 70s saying the whole world is changing and leaving me behind. My gosh, there's tons of people saying right. that today. Right, right, and right. And you're thinking this happened 40 years ago. So it's all in that perspective that I think these scripts could probably just be remade word for word and just na- changing the names and maybe the statistics but you're going to get the same content, right? Yeah, no, I and I wish uh, not to guilt him, but uh, I really wish Andrew was present because he's such a, such our strongest historian on this. But I'll do my best to pinch it. Um, so, right. So, on one side is this idea that we keep having the same fights year after year, decade after decade. That there's a certain strain of 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 either liberal or conservatism that we could situate back with Nixon and then eventually Reagan and then um, and then now to uh, or Bush Bush two and then and then uh, uh, Trump um, and then the other side of and of course excluding the idea that nowadays we have um, news media constantly pushing into our kids' brains that. There is constantly this hard divide and it can never change. And you're either all this or you're all that, which I drives me nuts because most of us are somewhere in the middle and we, we, you know, we're not all blue or all red or all whatever. But that's beside the point. So we have on that one side, right, that you're saying, Steve, that nothing has really changed. And we can prove that by reissuing the same scripts from All in the Family. And then, of course, there's the other element. And I think we're all talking about this, which is... Um, you know, is and I, I really don't want to get on this too much because I want to talk TV. But but just real quick, I'll say, you know, the idea is 
is Trump the same old thing, just in a lesser form, or is Trump some sort of new low, you know, quote unquote, a way we're, we're thinking about. Now, obviously, if he's some sort of new low, then I think we would have to change those scripts a bit um, to really address the, the, the new level we're sort of playing at and the idea of fake news or alternative realities and all that. Um, so that's why I wish Andrew was here, because I, I, I really don't I'm not quite sure. Um, I feel like there's an I guess my own personal opinion is there's a new there's a new level of sort of willful ignorance that I think I think Trump uh, pushes onto other people that may be a little different than Nixon or maybe it's just maybe it's the same thing. Maybe Nixon didn't know as much as he pretended to know. Um, but it's interesting. It would be an interesting experiment. And we have so many channels now via YouTube, uh, access to quality equipment. And I'm sure those scripts are various scripts are already available online. Even if it wasn't a major CBS thing, I'd just like to see some plucky kids redo those, you know, re restage those scripts and see if they play. Uh, I should say, are they clear to a 2000 dot, dot, dot audience? Um, as they would back in 74 or right. 73 or 72 or 71. So that that's fascinating. I didn't quite understand that. that uh, and Norm uh, Lear is still with us, yes? Oh, right. Of course, yes. He's, he's actually, he's up well, he rebooted now. One Day at a Time on Netflix. And just as, oh, I didn't know that. It just debuted um, with a Latina family. Interesting, interesting. Okay, so what we have here is on the table to sort of uh, get close to the finish line here for our listeners is we have... All in the Family, which is a personal favorite of Steve's, which I actually want to get into for a second. Um, I think Steve is basically proposing that while this show is certainly of the 70s, it is so it is so classic, it is so well written, especially in the early episodes, that it has messages for anyone, anywhere, uh, anytime. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think that's what we're saying. And now we leap ahead to, um, could we basically restage this where we have someone who actually believes in um, the image that is put forth from Trump and what he supposedly believes in versus, I guess, the younger generation who would be against that and, and, and will it still hold up? Now, before we get into that final stretch, I will just sort of say, Steve, I don't think I've ever asked you this directly. What is it about this show? How did you, how did you get so hooked on to All in the Family? Because it's a bit before your time. What is sort of the nugget of love for you uh, uh, with All in the Family? So here's the thing about All in the Family to me. For as political and message-based as it was, it was the original Seinfeld. And so as a 12 to 13-year-old, I was watching it for the Seinfeldian comments and remarks. Mm. Then I was actually aware of a lot of the uh, political things taking place. Okay. So to give you an example. Please. um, I'm taking notes. So to give you an example, uh, they would insert certain scenes that would just be the most mundane conversations taking place that would still be somewhat thought-provoking. Hold it, hold it, hold it. What are you doing here? Why? What about the other foot? Don't make no sock on it. I'll get to it. Don't you know that the whole world puts on a sock and a sock and a shoe and a shoe? I like to take care of one foot at a time. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. It's just as quick my way. Wait a minute, that ain't the prank. You see what I don't? Don't keep doing it. Listen to me. 
Suppose there's a fire in a house and you got to run for your life. Your way, all you got on is one shoe and a sock. My way, you got on a sock and a sock. You see, you're evil. Suppose it's raining or snowing outside. Your way, with a sock on each foot, my feet would get wet. My way, with a sock and a shoe on one foot, I could hop around and stay dry. That, that is what attracted me to it. It was a family, you know, just with all different personalities stuff. and dynamics living together huh. and just had these mundane conversations about, you know, I don't know, things that you don't really think much about that I always thought was kind of Seinfeldian that yeah. I didn't think about how I put my shoes on in the morning. This is actually a topic of conversation. I think, I, I think, I feel like there's a, there's a, an indulgent uh, academic paper in your future that shows the connection between Bunker and uh, and Seinfeld's show about nothing. All right, so Jonathan, actually one thing I, I do want to bring up that rolls Trump into this um, and directly relates all in the family to the Trump administration is through Rob Reiner. If you follow Rob Reiner on Twitter, it is like seeing Mike Stivic in the 21st century. So as a classic TV fan, whether you agree with his views or not, if you want to keep living all in the family in present day, just follow Rob Reiner on Twitter. There's a commercial for him because he he tweets out a lot of the liberal ideologies that Mike Stivic would tweet out. And so if you picture the TV show, to, to me, it's, it's the show is reliving itself on. Mm. The Washington Post reached out to Reiner and uh, and asked him about, a, you know, whether or not all in the family would work today if the show was actually produced fresh today. And uh, here's what he said. People are always asking me, they say, uh, you know, could could you do a show like All in the Family now? You know, is it so on PC you couldn't do a show like that? I said, we are doing it. We're doing it every day with Donald Trump running for president. He's Archie Bunker. They're both from Queens. They're both, uh, you know, they both have these misogynistic, racist uh, points of view, and they spout them. Uh, and now we, if we're smart journalists, we have to all be the meatheads, the Michael Stivics, to be able to hold his feet to the fire. Do you agree with that? Is Donald Trump the 21st century Archie Bunker? I think, I think Trump likes to think of himself that way, but... If there's any sort of difference, well, I mean, of course, oh, there's so many layers to this. One part of the reason we're in such trouble as we are now is because we've mistaken the reality for the image. And that's, in a sense, what we are doing here, which is I'm comparing a fictional character to a quote unquote real character, although that even that's debatable because, again, it's sort of an image that that Trump has sort of sort of put up uh, there in front of us. But that being said, if we can compare a fictional character to a quote unquote real person, um, on one end, we have a guy who, for all his other faults, and he certainly has them, actually worked uh, for a living, se- selling his labor uh, to get a paycheck, to buy a house, uh, to uh, help his wife, to clothe his uh, children, feed them, etc., send them to school, um, who was, quote-unquote, part of the greatest generation, who did participate in a war, um, and who, in his best of ways, was really trying to lead with his heart just in a completely misguided and divisive way. I think what Trump is trying to put forth and and combining both his rhetoric and and his own biography is, of course, he was a son of privilege, um, born into his father's uh, business, uh, promptly uh, pretty much ran that business into into the ground, or at least the casino business into the ground, um, 
is not really ever leading from his heart. He seems to only think about himself. I think Archie Bunker uh, wanted to have pride and wanted to be thought of as important as, as a breadwinner, but uh, but was definitely part of an active family constantly. Um, whereas Trump seems to be, well, just simply that, which is, uh, I w- it's easier to make money by putting my name on things than actually building something. It's easier to make money. It's not limited to him. It's to anyone wealthy. It's always easier to make money by using other people's money rather than investing your own. Um, although you mentioned Archie kind of pulled one over on the government to get the bar, but you know, you see where I'm going with that. Um, and Trump is definitely, uh, also the other thing is, and this is, again, it's sort of odd to compare a fictional character to a real character, but go with us on this, is I think Archie genuinely believed, even if he was wrong, what he says. I can't necessarily put that uh, type of test to uh, to Trump. I don't think he believes half the stuff he actually spouts. Um, there was actually, it, it really made me laugh. I don't watch it much, but my wife likes watching it. We were watching the uh, John Oliver HBO show, and... Uh, he basically did a whole bit where he b- pretty much believes using footage that he had, you know, he wasn't making it up, that uh, anything that Trump tweets is basically from anything he saw the previous hour on Fox News. And you can hear it Fox on very loudly as it would be in an elderly person's place, you know, <laughs> on, right? So my point is, is, is I don't know if I believe everything Trump, I don't think he believes everything that he says out. And for everything else that Archie Bunker wasn't, uh, the reason he got into such issues was because he was so passionate about it. He generally thought he was right, even though even though he wasn't. So I will just end by saying I think that some in the audience, they are looking to Trump the same way that they used to look at Archie Bunker. Of course, in a weird, twisted way, <laughs> or maybe it was a simpler time, Archie was... <laughs> in a lesser of two evils, a better role model, you know, than, than Trump or something. I don't know quite how to articulate that. But, yeah, it, it's sort of a shame because I, I don't think he believes what he says. Um, he's not really going to be there, whereas I think Archie would, if, if Archie was ever given any sort of power, uh, hypothetically, I think he would have fought for his fellow dock workers or whoever, or his bar guys. And that, of course, is not what's on, on Trump's right. mind. Trump's mind is, you know, putting his name out there, whatever gets him in the moment, making him feel like a winner. Be that gold leaf, fake gold it leaf. It could be Archie, though, just on a much smaller scale. Archie does not have it, the platform that it, Trump has as president, right? I'm if not, Archie yeah. was president, sort of thing. But I'm not saying that's not possible. He, any power corrupts, you know, what is absolute power corrupts absolutely. So, I mean, who knows what what a fictional character like Archie would have done with actual political political power? Yeah. If that was up to me. I could end the skyjackers tomorrow. You could. All you got to do is arm all your passengers. <laughs> He ain't got no more superiority there. He ain't gonna dare to pull out no rod. And uh, then your airlines, then they wouldn't have to chase the passengers on the ground no more. They just pass out the pistols at the beginning of the trip, and they pick them up again at the end. I, I, I'm being self-indulgent, listeners, but Steve proposed this episode. I'm so glad he did because I, I, I just I love getting into this stuff with you. So I, I thought it was a, a, a pretty solid topic. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed giving it uh, to you. Um, so unless Steve has any other final thoughts, I think we'll wrap it up for this episode. I think that there is a renewed um, 
interest in all in the family. I do think that there are, we become very politicized as a society right now at this time. And um, I'm always interested in how art imitates life or vice versa. And it's, uh, it's hard to believe that a show that, um, that was written 40 years ago um, can still play out and be uh, relatable to what we're doing in society today. Now, hold it, Lionel, hold it. I think I know what you're getting at there. Now, that ain't exactly fair. We all know there's a couple of cops on the tank. You don't want to go blaming the whole police department for a couple of rotten apples. Oh, so, so what you're saying is don't condemn a whole group of people for the actions of a few. That's right, Lionel. You got to remember that. Oh, I will. I will, Mr. <laughs> and let's face it, the clothes aren't that out of style as they used to be. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think I mentioned this in a previous time at Life Imitating Art, Art Imitating Life. You know, I said, you know, once Arnold uh, took over The Apprentice, that subconsciously legitimates Trump's yeah. power. And then that, that I, not to toot my own horn, but I think I'm onto something because then Trump mentioned Arnold and his ratings within some sort of presidential setting. So, again, was sort of mistaking the image or the play acting with, you know, actual power. But that's a discussion for a, another time. Um, so, again, if you've stayed with us through the entire episode, we do thank you so much. We love our listeners. Um, just like every other podcast you listen to, uh, please do us a favor. You know, if you're getting us through iTunes, rate and review us. If you're getting us through uh, tvhistorypod.com, check out the supplemental materials we put up there. There's usually some sort of interesting links, some interesting videos, some still images to sort of give you context uh, about the particular topic we've discussed. Um, you can also, of course, uh, comment or follow what we're posting on Facebook. And you can also reach out to us uh, on our, our Twitter or even individually. I believe Steve's at um, Standard Def One. Standard Def One. Standard Def One. I'm not as active, but you can find me on J, uh, JBully78. Um, and also, you can also find Andrew J. Salvati as well. So, for Steve Voorhees, I am Jonathan Bollinger. I'll also say uh, thanks for Andrew J. Salvati. Uh, really, you guys as listeners make it go. So, uh, share us with a friend, a brother, a classmate, etc. Uh, talk us up. Uh, more Mis- Mistress. <laughs> yeah, mistress. Anyone, really. Uh, and just because we, like we like our audience, we like the size of our audience, but, but you know, if we're being greedy, we, we always take a few more people. Um, so, so uh, get the word out uh, that you want pe- more people to be listening to Inside the Box TV History Podcast, uh, available on iTunes and at uh, tvhistorypod.com. Thank you so much for listening. We will catch you next time. I think by now most of you know the opening theme of All in the Family, but I don't know if many of you have taken much notice of a very nice closing theme we have. And I didn't notice it for a couple of weeks after the beginning of my show, and I did notice it. And I asked my friend Roger Kellaway, who composed the music, if I could have permission to do a lyric to it. And he said, fine. So I wrote the lyric to it, and the title of it is Remembering You, and it's our pleasure, Rogers and mine, to do this words and music for you tonight. Tomorrow I'll be crying